0: Hello there and thanks for joining me on the podcast today, the psychology of politics. This is my 11th session on the psychology of politics. Now in a way this is not political, it's the way this is a medical, it's social, it's psychological, it's many things. It's the way that we are responding to and dealing with and depending upon our advisors in the area of the coronavirus. So let me just make a few comments as to how we're handling this issue as a psychologist. How does a psychologist respond and react and have opinions regarding our dealing with this virus? And by the way, I appreciate you being one of the listeners today. We have now passed 50,000 downplays. So we have had now 50,000 listenings of this particular program, the psychology uh, podcast. So, Thanks for being with us. Thanks for being a listener today. Pass the word. We're now on to 50,001. Now look on this politics issue. I don't like the term social distancing. As a psychologist, that's not an appropriate term to use. Really, the issue is that of physical distancing. We want people to stay away from each other approximately six feet. Now research has shown us that the average germ that maybe we would cough out or sneeze out travels in the air and falls to the ground at about three feet or if you hold your hand out in front of you about the length of your arm. The coronavirus, the germ, is a little heavier, a little lighter, a little lighter and therefore floats a little bit more and we are now of the opinion that six feet is a safe distance one from the other. Maybe it's five feet but at least we're using a six foot dimension. Now the six foot's fine but we should call it physical distancing because that's what we want people to do is to stay apart from each other at least by six feet. We don't want people, here's what we don't want, we don't want people to socially distance themselves one from the other. When you're going through a crisis, when you're going through a difficult time in life, a stressful time in life, the thing that you need and want in your life is people who are close to you, people who are important to you, people who are around you. You need to be with people You need to be in proximity of people. You need to be talking to people. You need to be with people. Now, in this particular virus, you can't be next to people and close to people physically because of this virus issue. We want people to stay six feet apart. But we want people to call each other, to talk to each other, to sit across the room from each other, to sit across the table from each other, to sit near each other by about six feet. But we want people to socially connect. We want people to socially involve themselves. Because that's where we get support, that's where we get encouragement, that's where we get ideas, that's where we share, that's where we become part of everybody's life. We can support them, they can support us. Going through a crisis is a time for people to come together. And what we have to find is a way for people to socially come together without being physically connected close to each other, one to the other. How can you stay six feet apart but yet have social closeness, social connection? Social support. Social encouragement. That's the issue. Very important psychologically. Be connected to people. Be around people. Particularly people you care for and you love and who love you and care for you and have something in common and you can share with each other. You support each other. Have that but keep six feet apart. That's the dilemma. That's the challenge for all of us. Here's a second point as a psychologist that's important to um, consider. Restaurants today have closed primarily. And many of them are offering to-go meals, takeout meals. What's wrong with a restaurant having people come in and sit and have a meal and yet keep six feet apart? You can put a table between people. You can put chairs between people where a restaurant might seat 40 people. Maybe they could only take 10. Maybe you can only have 10 tables rather than 40 tables that have people sitting at them. In other words, you can control the entrance to a restaurant. And keep your physical distancing of six feet, one from the other, yet allow people to connect through meals, connect through uh, conversation and talk and being around each other and just being near each other, talking across the room to each other, talking across a table from each other, keeping that safety of six feet away, that physical distance, yet allowing social connection to take place in restaurants. Or if you're going to have takeouts, many parts of the country are now warming up and it's okay to sit outside, or sit on a uh, patio of some form, putting out heat lamps and so on, allowing people to connect yet, staying six feet apart from each other, having chairs put outside and put around the restaurant, keeping people away from each other, but yet allowing them to enjoy a meal in proximity of each other. So it's possible. Here's the third part that's important as a psychologist. Families have opportunity to have family time. This is a time for families to connect. This is a time for families to enjoy each other. This is a time for, for families to get to know each other. This is for families to have game time together, to have fun time together, to have work time together, to have play time together, to have television time together, to have talk time together. This is the time when families can reconnect when they haven't really been very well connected up till now because of work schedules and school's demands and social demands that are upon a family and so on. If you're in a family, you're clean, you're safe with each other, make sure that you connect as a family, that you do family stuff, you do family activities, you do fi- what we call family bonding time. This is a time to bond as a family, to connect, and to reassociate, reconnect, that perhaps hasn't been the case for a long time. So families need to do that, and let's broaden it. Friendships, time for you to have time with friends, particular friends that are clean and safe and healthy, then this is time for you and friends to connect. Connect by Skyping. You know, connect by FaceTime. You know, connect by getting together but keeping your physical distance. Bring people into your life. Associate with people. Stop being alone. That contributes to depression. That adds to the anxiety. You need people to validate you. you need people to help you form rational opinions and real real realistic opinions and honest opinions and points of view so here's the next point this is a time to understand that we live in a world that's pretty small our globe is small when we can find out now that something can happen hundreds and hundreds of thousands of miles away yet it can be experienced almost at the same time on the other side of the earth on the other side of the globe what happens in China can happen here in the United States. What happens in way up north in Canada can then happen way down here in southern part of the United States and South America. You see, we live in a world that's really smaller than we think. Things can travel. People can travel. People can get around. It's a small world. And if germs can get around, if a virus can get around, so can people. And so can connections between people, you know, get around. Here's another point that I think is important. At times of crisis, at times of stress, at times of trauma, we need hope. We need somebody to tell us it's going to be better. We need somebody to tell us it's not as bad as we think it is. We need somebody to tell us that it's getting better. We need somebody to tell us that it was worse last week, and this week it's a little bit better, and it's next week it could be even a little bit better. We're making progress. We need people to tell us that. That's where our television news people come in. That's where our media comes in of all kinds, social media and so on. Give us that sense of hope. Reduce despair. Hope reduces despair. Hope erases despair. And if we don't have news people today creating that sense of the story of hope, we have people who are experiencing despair. So in the news media today, the social media today, there's a responsibility to tell the stories of hope, tell the stories of progress, tell the stories of gain. Tell us stories of uh, excitement and joy and success and achievement. Tell us stories of of, of people who have survived and stories of people who have made it and who are, uh, at one point, they were pretty defeated and and down and had despair, and now they live with a series of hope. Our churches, our pastors, the Christian community needs to send that word of hope. There is hope, and we need to hear that message of hope. Now, one more point. You know, when we vote, we get a little sticker to put on our uh, shirt and our lapel that says, I voted. When I voted the last time, I got one of those little stickers and I put it on and I let everybody know that I voted and I told other people, you better vote so you get a sticker too. Well, maybe we need something like that now. People need to be encouraged to go, go get their temperature taken and then have a little sticker that says "Temp," I tempted, I tempted, you know, it's like I voted. I tempt. The other day, I had to go to a doctor's office, and uh, before I could get into the building, I had to have my temperature taken, 96.8. Two weeks before that, I had to go to a medical office for a reason, and I had my temperature taken, 97.7. In other words, my temperature was the same, basically, two weeks apart from each other. I should have gotten a little sticker to put on my lapel, which says, I tempted, I tempted, to encourage other people to go to medical facilities, to go wherever there is a tent, wherever there is a station where you can get your temperature taken. Because that's one of the indices, that's one of the factors that you look at as to whether you have the virus or not. And if you go and have your temperature taken and you find out that you're in the normal range, there's hope there with that. There's encouragement there with it. And it's worth telling others and it's worth sharing with others and share the word with other people. In other words, make it a community activity. Make it a national activity. Make it a national campaign. I tempted. I got my temperature taken. And I was normal. And that will give other people that sense of encouragement to do it also, but also knowing that I'm safe. I'm a person who's safe to be around because I don't have the virus, okay? So there's a few points. From a psychological point of view, what we need to do as a nation so that we reduce anxiety, we reduce the chance of getting depression we reduce the chance of getting fear built up within us and despair built up within us but have opportunity to be hopeful opportunity to be joyful opportunity to be social opportunity to be together to be inclusive with the other people so do your part share these ideas with others come up with your own and see if there are some ways that we can work together to help the healthy people be identified And let them get out there and let us identify the people who are not healthy so they get early treatment, they get early intervention. The sooner, the better. So my question to you is, have you tempted? Have you had your temperature taken today? Will you tempt tomorrow? Will you go get your temperature taken tomorrow? Go to some facility where they have it. Every hospital, you can't get in unless you have your temperature taken. So just go, get it taken. It'll give you a little bit of reassurance as well. Anyway, nice to have you with me and uh, thanks for joining in on the... uh, podcast today of the psychology report and this is number 11 in the series of the psychology of politics bye for now